Welcome to the Talking Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Will Cheshire. And in this podcast, I speak with impact-driven founders and share their real-time stories about how their solution has a positive impact on society. This is a show for founders, investors, and all individuals looking for some positivity and optimism as you hear from people working hard to help better our society and our planet. You can expect to learn about some awesome new products and services in this show that will bring you more hope in our quest to solve some of society's biggest issues. Let's dive in to this week's episode of the Talking Solutions Podcast. This week on the Talking Solutions Podcast, we're talking about a solution that'll make your social gatherings more inclusive and fun for everyone involved. I'm sitting down with the founder of Ish Spirits, Morton Sorensen. Ish it's believes that everyone deserves a drink and empowers consumers with choice to still go out for drinks or go to a social gathering without the pressure of drinking alcohol and allowing you to stay productive the day after. Something that's important as a recent study suggests that people in the UK spend almost a year of their life hung over. They offer non-alcoholic beverages, including wine, cocktails, and spirits, and are available in over 15 markets, winning 40 international taste awards. Ish focuses on a sustainable supply chain and has a mission of advancing a more healthy culture surrounding alcohol globally, as 13 of the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals are undermined by alcohol. I think that this is a fantastic solution because societal pressure always brings people anxiety about going out to a social gathering, but maybe not wanting to drink. And offering non-alcoholic beverages without compromising the taste will be a huge win for those that don't want to overconsume alcohol, people that are pregnant, and others who just prefer not to drink alcohol. So let's learn more about this fantastic solution with the founder of Ish Spirits, Morton Sorensen. We're dropping another edition of the Talking Solutions, a podcast, and this time we are talking about having fun without alcohol in this episode of the podcast. I'm sitting down with the founder of Ish Morton Sorensen with us today. And Morton, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking to me today about your uh, startup. Thanks, Well, I appreciate it. I'm excited to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm very curious about so your solution. I think it's a fantastic way to kind of reduce social pressure and to allow people to kind of have more fun and things of that nature. Alcohol is obviously something that, you know, people intake because it is kind of fun. It kind of gets their juices flowing, but there's always kind of that limit that nobody really wants to pass and they always regret it the next day. And, and that's where I think your uh, product really can kind of come in and, and fit that on that front. So if you could just uh, give us your background a little bit here, Morton. Tell the audience about who you are and why you decided to uh, found Niche or Ish. Definitely. My name is Morten uh, Sorensen. I'm from Copenhagen, Denmark. And my background was actually in design, conceptual design. I was uh, actually lived in Los Angeles for almost five years after starting an agency in Copenhagen, traveled around the world. I've been to, you know, spending a lot of time in, in, uh, in Cape Town, Kathmandu, Everest Base Camp, uh, Trek, uh, Australia, you name it, Bali been around the world and and basically working as a digital nomad. So creating concepts, me and my laptop uh, along the way. And what I realized on that journey was that there was a lot of occasions to have a drink, right? You fortunately love to know people in, in these locations or maybe knowing somebody that knows somebody, you know, but well, like you're saying, well, a lot of the ritual comes around of that thing of having a drink. And, um, and, and, and that's where I came to the kind of the realization of like, 
what if I wasn't drinking? You know, what would that mean for my social life and and all of those things? So so that's kind of the that the path that led me to to the inception of the idea, at least. I resonate with that so much as somebody who travels around and has gone to different places as well. Like that's kind of your go to, right? When you meet somebody new, hey, let's go grab a drink, right? But you know, that's the exact thought is what happens if if you don't drink or anything, or maybe you don't want to drink or or whatever it might be, but you get that kind of pressure, like oh, they're drinking a little bit. So that's where I think it it really kind of comes up well, which kind of leads me into uh, th- that next question here, because we want to really kind of figure out the problem at hand mm-hmm. that you're solving for, which is fantastic. And I think, too, that a big problem is societal pressure in having alcoholic drinks at social functions and kind of being pushed or into that social norm as well. And what your product kind of does is basically allow you to do that, except in a non-alcoholic way, because your cocktails, your spirits, uh, your ear and everything of that nature is so fantastic. So just kind of uh, talk to me a little bit about what you think, kind of how this problem has evolved over time with social settings, and then also how you can kind of implement uh, your products within that. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny because I, I come from Denmark and we are like the top of the statistics in terms of alcohol consumption. And, uh, and maybe it's because it's so dark here, I don't know, but, but there is a big culture around drinking. And, and, and I was actually speaking to an anthropologist about this uh, because we all have our experiences, exactly like you're saying. Well, you know, you, we all know that scenario of like, hey, who's drink? You know, let's have drinks. And somebody's like, I'm not drinking. And then it's like, oh, why are you not? And then that whole shebang goes. And, and I was speaking to a, an anthropologist and, and she was actually, she was really cool. And she said, it's actually a subtle peer pressure, right? So we're kind of beyond the thing of like, you know, pointing fingers of being like, you know, not respecting each other's, you know, freedom to choose and so on, where it's like, yeah, I'm not doing them. People will kind of give you a hard time. We're kind of beyond that in most scenarios, but actually it's the subtle peer pressure where it's the peer pressure of not even saying anything where it's just expected, right? So, so you're breaking a habit and a pattern and a behavior that's, that's been there forever. And, and, and that's kind of the, 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 the main thing. And that means that a lot of people would never even go to the place of, hey, I'm not drinking. Right. Because it's just expected. And this is, a, you know, especially in the in the younger demographics uh, as well. So a big deal of that is the fact that having drinks together is something that, you know, it's not necessarily because the other persons are are necessarily bad people, you know, or they're, you know, you know, douchey. It's, it's not the case. You know, it's just a matter that we that we actually meet over flavor. We meet over meals. We meet over drinks. And it's something that unites us. So the ritual is incredibly uh, important for our social life. So I wanted to create something where we maintain that social aspect because that makes us happier people, makes us live longer. But also with, if you have the desire of drinking less alcohol, which about two out of three Americans has the desire to drink less. So if we take those things and, and add them up, we'll be like, there's a desire to drink less. There's a societal peer pressure, subtle, less subtle, you know, dip, you know whatever. And then, you know, uh, still being able to be social. We put all that together, we need the product, right? So we need the product that will actually uh, create that solution. So if I'm going to a birthday party and everybody is having gin tonics, uh, I would love a gin tonic. And then I get a gin tonic, it's just without alcohol. It looks not like a gin tonic, smells like a gin tonic, and the most importantly, it's, it tastes like a gin tonic. That means now we're, now we're you know, sharing that experience of drinking a cocktail. And then suddenly those barriers of peer pressure goes down. So it's not somebody standing with three gin tonics and then somebody standing with a, with a Coke. You know, then suddenly that's exclusive. So, so it's becoming more inclusive when you were all drinking the same drinks. Maybe somebody made it a double. Maybe somebody made it without alcohol. Doesn't matter uh, as long as we're drinking drinks together. Right, and I, and I would imagine that kind of would bring intrigue as well. Like if somebody was like, "Hey, this 
this tastes and looks exactly like mm-hmm. a gin and tonic, but there's no alcohol. That's going to, somebody's going to be intrigued and want to try that too, I think as well, which I think is only just kind of a bonus too, and actually ignites social conversation as well yeah. on that front. And, and obviously great for your product, but you know, within that as well, because obviously this has been something that has been a problem for a, a while now, I would imagine. And, and within that front too, I feel like that the challenge is at least for me is I always find it very difficult to find a fun kind of alternative drink option when, you know, out at social events and things of that nature as well. So what's kind of the history behind that? And why hasn't something like this kind of already kind of caught on a little bit on on that front? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's a big deal because we are we are seeing the uh, as mentioned before, two out of three Americans are looking to 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 lower their at the alcohol intake. And we're seeing pockets of, of where it's where it's arising and where it's growing and the whole category is growing tremendously. But but there's still a lack, right? So we can expect that everywhere we go, that there will be a non-alcoholic option. There will be maybe soda or juice, but but we can't expect it to be a crafted non-alcoholic cocktail necessarily or or a great non-alcoholic wine. And I think it's similar to what we saw with, with vegetarian, gluten-free, and so forth, where you could, you know, if you weren't eating gluten, for example, then or or or, or decided to to adhere to a to a vegan diet, it'll be difficult going out. It'll be difficult because you would have to be kind of that annoying person of like, where is this and where is that, you know, and, 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 and then, you know, the, the restaurant and the entree, the on-premise caught on and be like, all right, there's a lot of demand for this. So we better put it on the menus because it's expected. And that's where we're heading with non-alcoholic as well. Uh, and low alcoholic for that matter. There, it's expected more and more uh, to be on the menus, but it just takes time because we're creatures of habit. And it's like, well, we've always done like this and blah, blah, blah. And it's not necessary, but it is. And, 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 and that's what we're seeing more and more. So, like our our first account in the U.S. was 11 Madison Park in New York, three star Michelin restaurant. You know, they were also a restaurant that decided to take their three stars and be like, we're going to go full vegan uh, and kept their three stars. Mind you. So 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 it's 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 venues like this it's these like front runners that are changing the, 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 the category and changing the behaviors where it's then becoming expected if you're going to a place that cares about their hospitality and cares about making sure that all guests feel welcome. Right. And, and when you're caring a lot, especially kind of, you know, within the the businesses and the events for them to be mm-hmm. able to kind of sell this product as well, I would imagine a challenge for for you guys and Ish is, is really just kind of getting awareness out about it as well, a little bit about your product and, and kind of people to embrace it on that front. Because I think once it's kind of people are more aware of it. I think that the opportunity to buy something like your product, as you've mentioned and seen with the the deal at the Madison Park with the mm-hmm. three-star Michelin restaurant and everything as well, I think it's a matter of awareness. So how much of your kind of efforts and, and whatnot and challenges have been associated with trying to get that product out in front of people so that they can try it and test it out and see how great that it really is? We actually decided very early on that we want to make sure that we communicate to the to the industry that wants to listen to us. Right. So there's plenty out there. We want to we want to talk to today. We're not in we're not in the business of convincing anybody, to be honest. We're not in, in, in the business of, of trying to, you know, shove something down people's throats. That, that's that's not what we want to do. So we want to talk to the people that that a uh, knows about the category and wants to taste and 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 try our products and uh, and the ones that don't know anything about the category, but but are eager to learn more about the category. Uh, but we're not really interested in, in talking to the people that cross their arms and being like, that's not something that we want to do. Um, because they're like, that's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, it's all good. Um, so so we communicate very much to the ones that, that want to 
look into this. And, and we're experts in our field. We're one of the first movers in this category, um, creating products that are now in, in tw 20 different markets and over 40 international taste awards and so on. So we we really know what we do, what we're doing. So we help consult the different venues, the different buyers and, and groups to be able to put this on their menu and understand what what's what benefits there are. It's not just the benefit of us selling a product or them selling a product. It's much more. It's on a social level and, and so forth. And I'm sure we'll get into that. But um, but it's understanding the bigger picture uh, of what non-alcoholic can do to your venue uh, and how it can contribute. So so we spend a lot of time on that. I, I'm I'm uh, in the, on the board of Anba, which is the first adult non-alcoholic beverage association in the world, and I'm and I'm doing that together with other non-alcoholic brands because we're building this category together. And uh, so we've united and 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 trying to create some some um, you know association around this that helps both brands and and the buyers and uh, and the vendors out there to uh, to make this even more mainstream and uh, and that's what we're working for awesome yeah I would be uh, your target demographic you know I would love that opportunity to kind of mix a few drinks and after a few drink alcoholic drinks you know be able to to kind of keep part with the partake but with something kind of non-alcoholic on that front as well and you know Morton there was one thing that we kind of talked about before you know when we were first uh, introduced and whatnot as well that really kind of stood out to me and something that I really didn't know and and I certainly want to return back and really dive into your solution and you know figure out some ways where people can get this and, mm -hmm. and the benefits but the one thing that you said that really kind of stood out to me that I was aware of was the fact that alcohol impacts 13 of the 17 UN sustainable development goals. That was something that I thought was really interesting and, and something I didn't really hadn't really thought about before on that front. Can you just kind of go into a little bit of detail and explain uh, how alcohol kind of is impactful in so many different situations? Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you're bringing it up. Well, because it's I'm obsessed by this report. So it's done by the WHO um, and it's and yes, it talks about the 17 uh, SDGs. And it's, you know, we're all, all different businesses uh, in any industry looking into how do we make the world a better place, right? How do we remove plastic from the oceans? How do we, you know, uh, less CO2 and, and more green and, and so forth, more, make people more healthy and so forth, especially on the back end of a pandemic and so on. So that's really, you know, in, in all of our mindsets. What's interesting is that WHO came out with this report um, underlining that 13 of these 17 global goals are undermined by alcohol. And, and, and if you kind of think about it, it kind of makes sense. You know, alcohol is, a, is something that, you know, slows us down, um, you know, uh, mentally and, and so forth. It, it's, it's not good for health, right? We all know that. Uh, I'd enjoy alcohol as well. You know, I'm a mindful drinker, so I'll enjoy some alcohol, some without, and so on. So it's not about anti-alcohol, it's about moderation. And it's about um, making sure that we that we are moderating our alcohol so that we can live up to these 17 global goals. So besides uh, health, it's also poverty. Like it's incredibly difficult to break a poverty chain uh, if there's too much alcohol involved. Education, uh, the same, but also on, um, on equality, right? So when there's too much alcohol in a room at, a, at, 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 at an occasion, there can be unwanted attention um, for different you know, sexes and, 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 and so on. And that's, you know, so it plays a lot of part in a lot of different areas of, of the global goals, which are incredibly important. And, and what we're saying is that, you know, we're not a brand that's going to come out and, and say anti-alcohol by any means, because that's not how we feel. Alcohol is, is fine. It's in its capacity. But what we want to do is we want to inspire to be, you know, balancing the health, the alcohol culture, creating more of a balance and creating, you know, an alcohol culture that's more on the positive instead of and removing the negatives. And that's why we're seeing that there are different restrictions on alcohol because 
governments and so on understand this costs a lot of money. People drink so much alcohol, it's going to make people sick. And, you know, it's no, it's not, it's no bueno. So what we're trying to do is, is creating this and inspiring through a, a great product that tastes like the original alcoholic products, implementing that in different scenarios. We want to take that the, kind of the top off the alcohol. Right. So kind of like you're, you're, you were saying before, like during a night, you know, then you're having a, having a few drinks. Maybe you'll have a nice glass of red wine. Maybe it's a killer shot at the bar. And then, you know, you move over to the non-alcs. You start with the non-alcs. You kind of implement that. And it's actually a life hack when you think about it. You, you, you're going to be healthier. Uh, you're going to have, have less hangover uh, the day after. Uh, you're going to be better to your body. You're going to be better to society. You're going to be making the world a better place, basically, because you're not taking that heaviness of the alcohol and, 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 and spreading that out, which, you know, in, in, in the unhealthy manner is, 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 is detrimental to these global goals. So it's, I'm, and I'm going to talk about it for hours, honestly, just about these global goals, because I think it's so important that we're spending so much time and energy on trying to make the world a better place as a, as a community, you know, and, 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 and doing so, but, you know, overseeing this, this factor, which is so incredibly important. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about if you're able to kind of change that culture, kind of like what you said to more mindful drinking in general. Right. I mean, think about how much more productive people will be able to be the next day if they don't have that one drink that puts them over the top. And then that next day is spent being lethargic in bed, nonproductive. And, you know, instead that day can be spent doing something as small as, you know, cleaning up around the house. Right. Or, or anything of that nature as well in the day that makes you more productive, that can kind of help and inspire change kind of on that front, too, I think, moving forward. So it's and you mentioned it, health. I mean, the health benefit it's surrounding alcohol. I mean, over consumption of alcohol has, I mean, it's terrible, you know, heart disease, cancers, everything. And we've seen that increase in recent years and in recent decades. We are. And, and it's, it, it's becoming this like, you know, like a, like a lifestyle disease, right? It, 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 that's, that's what's happening. So everything that we consume has an impact on our bodies. We all know that now we know that from, from food and, and so on. But a, a lot of people are overlooking the, the alcohol part. Um, and, and I think that's a really, really important uh, thing. I was just uh, trying to look for a statistic that I saw the other day about how many hours a typical uh, person spends having a hangover. I, I can't remember the number, but it was something ridiculous where you're like, what is that real? <laughs> Which, you know, is uh, I'll, I'll follow up with it and put in the in, in the notes. But uh, but it's those kind of things where you, when you stop up and think you're like, what the heck? And we also know those evenings where it goes over the top. We know those, like you said, initially. And then we know those where you're like, you're just having that perfect buzz and it's wonderful and it's great. And the day after you feel fine, you're going to take a hike and everything's great, you know, where you're like, oh, that was really nice. And it's that like magic, you know, uh, lining there that uh, that I think is is important while not feeling that you're compromising or feeling that you're like, oh, I got to leave early or no, thank you or, you know, all that. But no, yes, let's consume more. Let's celebrate more. Let's pop that bottle of, of uh, bubbles on a Tuesday because we just got a raise or whatever, you know, and just celebrate more. Exactly. Right. And that's the social component. You mentioned earlier about how important we are as social creatures to our health and our relationships. Right. You know, so that's really important as well. You know, there's that one study, I think, out of Harvard where they took those sophomore men and they found that social being social and having good relationships was the most important contributor to longevity. Right. And so that's what uh, your product encourages. And that's what I want to get into now. How is it that you guys are able to create such fun and great tasting cocktails without any alcohol and kind of make it fun and give that same vibe of alcohol, but without the actual negativities of the alcohol itself. 
We'll take a quick time out to talk about this week's book recommendation. Today, I want to highlight the book, The Responsible Company by Yvonne Shunown and Vincent Stanley. This book is about the story of how Patagonia became a responsible company that focuses on ethical sourcing and social practices that led them to be named the coolest company on the planet by Fortune in 2007. It describes the 40 years and the evolution of how Patagonia implemented systems that were environmentally friendly and brought fair pay for their workers as well. It's a book worth reading for all social entrepreneurs out there that are looking to improve their companies in a more ethical fashion. Now, let's dive back into this week's episode of the Talking Solutions podcast with the founder of Ish Spirits, Morton Sorensen. Yeah, so I love this question because it's, uh, you know, to start off with, it's not difficult creating a non-alcoholic product. But it's incredibly difficult creating a non-alcoholic product that tastes like alcohol. Alcohol is one molecule, ethanol, and, uh, and, and ethanol is the best carrier of taste you can find. So when you take a sip of alcohol, imagine like a bourbon, you take that sip and all those notes of like the cask and the vanilla and the spices and all those things will just like explode and you get up your nose and all your sensors will like be rewarded for doing so, right? If you love a bourbon, obviously, um, which I do. And uh, <laughs> right, and um, if you don't have the alcohol part, then uh, you're not able to create that same explosion because what happens with alcohol, it evaporates. It evaporates and it creates the uh, volatility of the flavors, um, which then you know, makes this whole sensation amazing. Um, if you don't have that alcohol, you don't have that volatility in the flavor. So what we've done is that we want to create that same sensoric. Um, so we have our own in-house team here at the, uh, at, at the ish, ish office, as we call it, the office here in, uh, in Copenhagen, and, and, and we develop our products. So what we've done is we've taken all natural ingredients. That's, that's the first and foremost. Uh, for us, taste is always key. It has to be the right flavor, uh, and it has to be you know, mind-blowing in, in, in that experience. So we take different components. So if we take our, our rum, for example, uh, we're now on our third generation of our rum in four years. So we keep developing on it, right? Um, and what we've done is that we've actually taken a, a full-strength rum from the Caribbean, uh, from uh, Jamaica and Martinique. We take that, we dealkalize it through something called a supercritical CO2 extraction, low temperatures extruding the molecule of ethanol. So then you're left with a base. When you remove that, that just that one ethanol, you can you can maintain all the flavor components, all those, uh, all those notes and all those, uh, those molecules. We're still missing the alcohol, which is the, you know, really important. Um, so then for that lack, then we add in new ingredients. So we take vanilla from the Saba region in Madagascar. We take baked apple. We take nutmeg. Uh, we take actually the, the shells of the seeds of chilies. Um, so adding all these things together, we're able to give it that lift. So then when you're taking a sip of this, you'll, you'll be like, all right, I get rum, I get heat, uh, I'm getting that warming sensation, I'm getting the notes of vanilla and so on and so on. So basically we're taking those things that are being you know, dulled down by, by the, removing the alcohol and then pumping it back up with some, you know, some you know, flavors that we've then distilled and washed, you, know, you kind of give it a wash bath or you, do, you can use um, what's it called, uh, steam and so on to extrude these different molecules. So it's very scientific in that manner. Uh, what's important to say is that our, our rum, for example, it's designed to put in a cocktail. So it's designed to create that rum element in a daiquiri, in a mai tai, uh, in, a, in a cupa libre, and, and so on. So it's designed to do that um, and, uh, and, and, and create those, like all those rum notes and that 
warmth and everything that when you take it and you add Coke or you add like lime and, and sugar, you're going to make a cocktail and you'll be like, this is a cocktail that I cannot taste the difference on. Uh, and and that's that's really, really exciting. And we get like we won a, a gold award for our um, for our rum at the San Francisco World Spirits Challenge or World Spirits, <clears throat> excuse me, competition or something. And it's, it was like, yeah, amazing. So 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 that's what we do. And we do it all different. I can talk about all the products for hours as well. But but that's that's how we do it, like specifically on the rum to create those notes and and all that amazing flavor. We definitely want to ask you about the products, right? We want to give everybody an opportunity to hear, you know, what is it that you make and, and all of that and how they can incorporate it into social gatherings and, and things of that nature as well. But uh, I'm curious to hear about the lifespan. How long does it take to kind of create that flavor to mimic the alcohol? How long is that kind of uh, time frame? We spend a good amount of like 12 to 18 months to develop a product. So uh we go through a lot of renditions we go through a lot of 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 back and forth and and adjustments and so on so that that's what it takes us to put out a product and uh yeah it takes a while it takes a long time and i think we're probably the one the slowest <laughs> in the industry i would i would say because we just care so much about that that quality and just creating that like liquid uh, to be perfect wow fantastic yeah 12 to 18 months that's that's a little bit of a that's a little while but at the same time if you're getting that mimic taste if you're getting that that's so unique to the market and so unique to the to consumers that really you know that's i feel like their biggest hesitation is a lot of people still want to feel like they're drinking that alcohol yeah. I and mean, if you can mimic that perfectly then then you're doing so on that front as well and find it a little interesting myself because i actually i worked at a winery during a summer one time and made some wine mm -hmm. and so i was very curious you know just kind of hear yeah uh, about that and on, that cycle as well and on the on the wine yeah specifically it, it, it's a, we have we actually have two different wine products so we have one wine project which is sparkling sparkling is a little bit easier to to mimic to be honest because you get volatility from the carbonation so you you drink the bubbles and it like the flavors will lift if you have good flavors and good grapes like we use uh, Merlot and Pinot Blanc for our rosé we use um, uh, Silvana and Pinot Blanc for our sparkling white so we use really really good grapes because we know we're going to we're going to lean on those grapes for all the, the expression together with the, with the carbonation. So that helps us a lot. On the, we've just launched a white wine, which is still white wine. And we love a nice glass of chilled white wine, you know, any time of year, essentially. Uh, and, uh, and what we've done there is that we've done the same process of removing the alcohol, the removing that ethanol and so on, maintaining the grapes. Uh, but what happens when you don't have the carbonation, you're left with something that's a little dull. It becomes a little bit flat because you don't have the lift from the alcohol. So there we actually use the same technique that we know from a rum. So we add in ingredients like oak wood, mirabelles, peppercorns, things that goes in and creates sensation on like the tongue, on the back of your mouth that gives lift and evaporation feel, warms a little bit, but not too much because this is a white wine. This is not a, you know, a 40, you know, proof 40% uh, rum. So, so there we're like working with a little bit different uh, techniques, but same, same universe basically. So we're the, you know, we're, we're the first, uh, to create a white wine that we that we're that we're positioning as a white wine and saying this is, you know, this is experienced as a white wine and and, the, and and we just launched it a month ago and we're close to sold out already and it's it's a it's really a revolutionary product that we're incredibly excited about. Keep an iterating. Congratulations on that one. That sounds really interesting. I'm gonna have to give that one a try. You know, it, Morton, expand a little bit more on your products. Uh, I want to give you the opportunity. Obviously, uh, I mean, we know we got spirits and some rum. What other spirits do you have? Some white wine. Rosé. So tell us a little bit about all the products that you offer. Yeah, exactly. So the wine we went through, we have sparkling white, sparkling rosé, and now white wine. Next year, you're going to see a red wine and a rosé as well. 
And they were actually supposed to be done about a year ago, but they were just not good enough, to be honest. So we've given them another full year of development. So when they come out, hopefully in the spring, uh, they're going to be fantastic. So we're working on that very, very focused right now. On the spirit side, we have a gin and a rum uh, that we started with. That was our first go-to products that we started with. Um, and then recently, actually in May for Cinco de Mayo, we launched our Reposado Tequila. So these, these all work well, as I described with the, with the rum. They work really well in cocktails. So you, you mix a gin tonic, you, you mix a margarita, a paloma, you mix a dark and stormy, a daiquiri, and so So all these classic cocktails. And that's really what we're trying to accomplish is that we want to create the same sensations as you know from the cocktails you're used to. Um, that's why we believe non-alcoholic beer is so successful because you're getting a beer experience, but you're just getting it without the alcohol. So that's what we want to create in the in, in the wine spirits and cocktails as well. Um, on the on the uh, on the gin, we use um, we use uh, juniper berries uh, from the southern of Europe. We use uh, coriander seeds from from Provence in France. Uh, we use again the pepper uh, the the chili seeds, you know, that we use the shells of the seeds of the chilies to give that heat and so on, a little bit of bitter orange and so on. In the, uh, in the tequila, we, uh, we use organic blue agave from Mexico, of course. And then uh, we use a little bit of bay leaf and barley to give it those earthy notes that we know from tequila. And then uh, a little bit of brown sugar to give it some roundness. And then we use American oak wood actually to give it that feel that it's been on a barrel for three, four months, right? So Reposado has been you know, on a, on a barrel of like two to 12 months to make it a reposado, right? Take an anero, put it on barrel. Uh, that's, that's, so that's kind of what we're going for, that reposado style, a little more golden and, and more flavor than just an, uh, a, a blanco, which, uh, which gives us that ability to add in some ingredients, you know? So that's what it's all about. Like, we couldn't make a vodka, to be, to, to, for example, because it doesn't taste like anything. It tastes like ethanol. And, and so we wouldn't be able to mimic that. So taking different flavor components and adding that together, that's, that's what we're doing. And lastly, we have our we have our canned cocktails. I'm enjoying one right now, which is our mojito. There's our, our latest one here. I'm basically having one a day uh, of these. Uh, and, uh, and and we have mojito. We have a gin and tonic. We have a spritz. So kind of like the Aperol spritz, like the American uh, Italian aperitif. Uh, and then we have a, a lime daiquiri. So these are our different cocktails that we've done pre-mixed. So again, going back to our our purpose of making it easy to be a mindful drinker. We need to have a big enough of a selection to really, you know, speak to any consumer. So somebody wants to bring a, a few cocktails on a can with them to the beach, you know, go ahead or to the barbecue. Somebody wants the theater of shaking that cocktail like a daiquiri and pouring it in a beautiful chilled cook glass. And somebody wants to just pop a bottle of wine, you know, so but, but we can we can speak into to all of those occasions. And that makes us uh, one of the world's broadest range of non-alcoholic uh, products. And also one of the most award-winning. Yeah, on that note, let's let's dive through some scenarios where people can kind of incorporate this, and because there are many ways where I think that this could be great for people who number one don't drink alcohol at all, number two drink alcohol but never want to get to that point where they feel bad the next day, right? And and just in general. So you mentioned the beach with the craft cocktails and the cans, right? You take that to it. You know, we've just had Thanksgiving here. I imagine that you know people being able to buy a bottle of wine for Thanksgiving dinner to kind of mix in as well, because we all know at least for us. 
Americans, Thanksgiving dinner can get a little, a little out of hand sometimes, depending. Um, so what are some of those events? And, and do you kind of you mentioned uh, the three star Michelin restaurant as well? Are you are you partnering with, uh, you know, hotels or restaurants or event organizers and things of that nature as well? In addition, obviously, for consumers being able to just pick this up themselves and, and incorporate it in, in family dinners or, or friendly gatherings and beach days, things of that mm-hmm. nature. Yeah. And, and, and it um, it covers, you know, there's a lot of occasions, uh, obviously. And, and if we dive kind of into into them, where we can see the, the absolutely most uh, potential in terms of, of occasions and where people use it a lot is to be a good host, honestly. And it's uh, and what we're seeing is that there is there is about two thirds of, of the uh, of the consumption of Nana happens at home, um, which is interesting because. Uh, you buy it online, you buy it in retail, you buy it, you know, in your, your local uh, specialty store, and you take it home with you. You want to be that good host. Maybe you have a sister-in-law that comes by and she's pregnant, or you have your cousin who's, who's always the, the designated driver. Um, or you just want to inspire your, your, your guests that you know are health conscious people to be like, here's cocktails, but I'm, you know, I know kind of we're on a, on a, on, on a vibe and, and, and we're, you know, we want to be a little bit more healthy. So, you know, so being a good host is actually one of the main occasions where it happened at home at, at dinner parties. Uh, secondly, actually, which was a little bit surprising to me, we got this from, from data speaking to our consumers and, and beyond, is unwinding. So, uh, which is not a, necessarily a social event. And I, like I mentioned earlier, it was all about social why I started this. There's actually a really big thing of people coming home from work, you know, um, taking it easy, might have been a long day, and you want that, like, you know, rum and coke. Right. Or you want that mojito or spritz. And, and you're like, well, it's it's Wednesday afternoon and I'm, you know, I'm maybe not in the mood to to drink alcohol as well because I get a little tired of it or it slows me down or I need to cook dinner or the kids are coming home or, you know, whatever it is. And, and those occasions, you can actually with a good conscience, you can kind of be like, I'm going to drink my spritz and I'm going to take it. And I'm going to chill. And, you know, that's all I need. And that's perfect. Right. So that's a big occasion as well. Um, and if we move into the uh, to the more kind of professional segment, something like corporate, like corporate is huge for us because it's a, you know, in, in corporate, when we drink, it's about being very social. So, right. So it's about uniting us. It's about team building. It's about, you know, Friday bar or celebrating somebody's birthday or anniversary, you know, whatever. And and there, if, if, if only half of the people are drinking alcohol and you're serving alcohol then you're not really doing what you're trying to do because a lot of people will just be standing with a soda, you know? So, so we've had a lot of success in corporate where it's like, it's uniting people. So, and we recommend both having alcohol and non-alcoholic because it allows people to have the option, right? So, so we'll be like, you know, enjoy it. Let's drink drinks. Let's have a good time. Let's, let's unite. Let's, let's do all that. But, um, but giving people the, the, the freedom to choose there. So that's a big thing because it also positions the workplaces as, as a conscious workplace, right? So, uh, so that's good. Um, and then in, in, in restaurants, uh, which which is the main on, on the on premise, people go to restaurants to drink or to eat, and then maybe drink. Um, where bars, you go to drink and you go to drink. So and so and uh, it uh, there you go, you 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 enjoy your meal, and then you pair it with someone. And that's where we have a broad enough selection where we have restaurants that are pairing with cocktail. We have a two-star Michelin restaurant in Copenhagen called Alchemist, which is pairing our, our tequila like a, like a pandang uh, t- t- tequila with, uh, with, with the meals. And then we have places, you know, 11 Madison Park, they serve cocktails as well, but they also serve our wine for, for, for the courses. So there's a lot of different occasions and a lot of different reasons to, to implement. And honestly, the goal for us is the fact that we don't even 
you know, considered alcohol or non-alcoholic, but we just drink drinks, right? So the less we actually talk about that and just drink drinks, be like, I want a number four, I'll take a number two, you know, whatever. You know, we're drinking drinks. It's great. Something has 40 proof and something has zero proof. And and we drink drinks together. Right. And, and I love how the individual kind of has the choice because there are, so, I mean, you're, you're explaining in so many scenarios and then I'm in, in thinking scenarios in my head, right? I mean, the one thing that you said that I found really interesting was the unwinding. You know, I, I did a little bit of a social experiment on myself, you know, because some people I think would argue and say, well, the whole point of the unwinding is the fact that you have the alcohol and, you know, the alcohol is what kind of tapers you down. But, you know, I did this thing one time with coffee where I did decaf and caffeinated and I would have someone give me whatever for each day and to see if I had noticed the difference. For me, it was just the act of having the coffee that made me kind of feel more alert and awake. And I think the same could probably be said for the alcohol drinks to unwind too. So that was something that kind of was like, whoa, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, scenarios for me, like personally, like just to share how, how one might use it, I think, you know, I, I would love to go to a place, have two or three drinks and then kind of mix it up and go, OK, I still want that cocktail because I need something in my hand. Because like you said, everybody has something and you can get that cocktail and drink it. So I love the the individual kind of choice and, and the options that we have uh, within that front as well. Yeah, um, and then Morton, exactly. And, to, and we'll just do sorry to but I just one important part in that as well is is the low alcoholic versions. Right. So mm. it's not about either or necessarily. So like one of my favorite drinks is a margarita. Like I used to live in LA, a lot of day drinking, you know, Sunday fun days and all that, you know, it's awesome. But the fact when you have like three, four, you know, margaritas at like 20% alcohol, you're going to, you're going to feel it, you know, you're, you're going to feel a lot. Uh, so what, what you can also do is like, for example, with our tequila, mix a classic margarita as you do with our non-alcoholic tequila, lime and, uh, and simple syrup, and then a little bit of contour, right, for that orange liqueur. And then you make like a, a three percenter instead of a 20 percenter. And, and that means that you can either drink more during the day or you drink what, you know, those three, four cocktails. And you just basically had what, you know, a, a, you know, a half or, or a full cocktail would have. And that allows you to also moderate in, in a smart way. And honestly, that is a life hack. I swear to God, it's such a life hack because, you, you know, you're still have, you're having that experience. And you're having it without alcohol as well, but you can have it with low alcohol and you're having that experience. And, and we think that's. I think it's a, it's a life hack, you know, unless you're there to just get hammered as soon and fast as possible, you know, then don't drink ish disclaimer, don't drink ish. But if, but if you're not, if you're just there to be social and to have those drinks and be part of that, that vibe drink ish. I mean, it's, you're, you're saving your body, you're saving everything and, and, and you're going to, you're, you're, you're going to be still having a very, very, very good time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what I love most about the product again is, is the whole culture around the mindful drinking. You know, that's something that everybody talks about. That's something that you see in every alcohol label, drink responsibly, blah, blah, blah. And your product allows people to do that without compromising the experience of drinking, which I think is fantastic and excited to hear about the new products you continue to come up with as well. But Morton, I'd be curious to hear about some of the challenges that you've had to overcome since you know you guys started the company i believe it was what 2018 is that correct what are some of the challenges obviously the biggest one is how do you create an alcoholic beverage that tastes like alcohol gives that experience but what other things as a you know a founder and things of that nature have you experienced that have been a bit difficult Let's take a quick break to talk about an upcoming platform that Al will be adding to the podcast. I've recently signed up for Pod Inbox. It's a fantastic platform for podcasters to better engage with you, the listeners. And I'm excited to launch this platform and make it public so that I can interact with you all more and get more feedback on some great content to add to the show. One feature in particular that I'm excited about is the ability to 
leave audio messages that can be featured on the show. That's right. You'll be able to drop an audio message and I will be able to incorporate that specifically in the podcast. I'm very excited to incorporate some great Q&As and book recommendations from you all, the listeners. So please stay tuned for the beginning of 2023 to see this new fan page become available. But for now, let's jump back into this episode with Morton Sorensen of Ish Spirits. It's um, I think when you when you when you start a journey like something like 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 I did with Ish, um, initially it was just me, a one man band with an idea and 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 trying to get help from people that I knew and people that knew people and and trying to figure out like how do I create this this liquid? I could create the concept myself because that's my background, but creating the liquids around it and all of that. Um, very challenging, uh, very, very challenging and remains still challenging. You know, we're always trying to challenge ourselves. And I and I see challenges as a as a, you know, expected uh, and also a, a good thing because it makes us better. Right. So 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 that's initially based on the on the product development side and, and, and all of that. Building a business that, that, that we've been building over the last four years, basically, and growing to about 20 people uh, in the team, about 20 markets as, uh, as, as well. Is tolling. It's it's a lot of lot of work, and I think the most challenging for me is that I work a lot. I work a lot, and I and I appreciate working a lot. I've done that my whole life, but being challenged and creating something new where you're reminded every single day that you're a pioneer uh, is a, is a whole other level of strain, right? So I can work, you know, constantly, and I love working, and it's great. Um, but but when you're constantly challenged of like trying to make decisions on left or right or up and down or like where are we going and you're always trying to do the right thing that was that's the most challenging part for me uh, as, as, a, as a founder uh, and I learned very early on that that the best thing for me is to build a team um, and with the ambition and with the aspiration and the hopes and the, and, and the purpose and the desire to create with Ish it was very very obvious that I could not do that alone that was never the intention essentially but I it was like early on I realized okay I, I need I need help so what I did Actually, yes, I, I, I passed on the CEO uh, chair to, uh, to a guy called Peter, um, and Peter Brown, and he has a lot of experience. He has a lot of experience in, in, the, in the food industry and, and really a you know, McKinsey consultant type, you know, and, and really structured in his way of, of doing things. I've been managing massive businesses, you know, where, you know, we're this small, he'd been managing, you know, big, big businesses. So, Getting a, you know, attracting a person like that to come in and take the reins as a CEO has been a game changer for us. Um, it's allowed me to lower my shoulders a little bit, allowed me to play the part that I'm good at, which is the founder. Um, and, and, and what I spend a lot of my time on is the category. So AMBA, for example, the Adult Non-Alcoholic Beverage Association, out speaking to our, you know, with our sales team, being out in the field, educating, talking, inspiring about the category. And, and like, I, like I mentioned earlier, we speak to the, to, to the individuals that want to listen, somebody that wants to be like, tell us your story, tell us what, why is this important? What's happening, what's going on and, and so on. And I'm intrigued and that's my finest job. So understanding that the biggest challenge for me was that I was gonna, I was gonna crash. I was gonna crash with stress and everything if, if I was trying to do everything myself, but getting the right people on the team, just that made us grow. That, that made the big difference of taking something from an idea and, a, and, and something where, you know, hey, hey, this is fun and I can do something 
to make it a serious business that we're actually making a proper difference in the world. Love that. That sounds like such a wonderful journey where you've been at and a lot of kind of uh, self-discovery as well as like, hey, this is what I'm really great at in this role. And this is where I need to kind of uh, delegate or have somebody partner with and, and work with me on these front too. So that sounds uh, like a wonderful kind of journey that you've kind of went through as you've gone on and, and curious about what you guys are challenging uh, or I'm curious about what you guys are solving for now. You know, what are some of the future plans uh, for ish uh, as you guys kind of move forward? You mentioned the new products coming out uh, in the spring, hopefully of uh, 2023. But what else do you got on the docket? Yeah, so uh, I'm actually flying to uh, to the U.S. Uh, on um, on next Friday. So uh, so I'm going to be there. Um, U.S. is a big market for us. It's, it's, it's one of the, 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 the they're the most prone to growth over the next year. So that's about a 28% uh, CAGR, uh, like a compound annual growth rate uh, until 25, where the second largest market, which is the UK, is at 6%. So US is on fire, like it, it's happening for reals in the, in, in the US. So, uh, so I'm going there as the founder, uh, and I'm going to be, be living out there uh, for, an, for a period of time. And basically just we're already, you know, exporting a bunch of products to the US. Uh, and have a lot of great, um, great people that we work with, like, like Boisong in New York. That's a non-alcoholic store that's also opened on on the on the West Coast, um, and other you know plenty of outlets like the like the Eleven Madison Parks and so on. So I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there uh, working with them, getting you know them even more educated on on ish, and just taking the next steps on on making ish even more manifested in the in the U.S. market. So that's that's like top top focus for me. Love that. Yes, the U.S. market is big and the U.S. can use a little bit of uh, education on mindful drinking. So looking forward <laughs> to seeing that as well, Morton. I'll do my front. best. I'll do my uh, best. <laughs> yes. There you go. You got to be the, the pioneer, as you mentioned earlier. Let's uh, talk about how people can find your product. All right. How can people kind of get some of your products and, and where can they kind of uh, learn a little bit more about Ish and uh, be able to experience these, uh, these beverages? So uh, we have a website, uh, ishspirits.com. And we have a warehouse in the U.S., so we're we're export or you know um, shipping domestically in the U.S. So that's the best place to get them. If you're in um, in Chicago, go to a store called Foxtrot. So Foxtrot is super cool, like uh, high-end retail space where you can go get a, a glass of wine, ish, for example. Uh, you can work with a computer, very specialty. Uh, if you you know if you're hitting any of the restaurants that we're at, you know, perfect. If you're in the Atlanta area, we have a lot of coverage in the Atlanta area. We're working with a with a fantastic team called the Zero Proof in uh, that's based in Atlanta. So we have a lot of coverage there. Wisconsin, we just picked up distribution, so we're going to be seeing it more and more uh, there. Uh, and also Massachusetts is 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 big for us. So yeah, so we're we're city by city. Uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be uh, be you know more and more present out there. But. The best way would definitely be on the uh, on online to uh, to get shipped locally. Fantastic, fantastic! And if people want to stay up to date with the news, follow along the company, things of that nature as well. Where can they learn more information? Social media, website? Yeah, Instagram would be perfect. So uh, Ish Spirits on on Instagram as well. Um, that's where we keep uh, keep posting everything that we're doing. We'll be posting events. We do a lot of events, like for Cinco de Mayo, for example. Last year, we or, or this year, we did. Uh, you know, we're serving margaritas in the West Village in the, in the, in the, in New York, and we'll be doing plenty of that, especially uh, come dry January and all of that. So follow along there and uh, and 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 stay tuned on 
on what's happening. Love it. Yes. And you can go to ishspirits.com. That's I-S-H spirits, S-P-I-R-I-T-S.com and follow them over on Instagram and social media as well. And of course, you can find uh, those links on their website uh, too. And more than anything else that, that you would kind of like to add or, or promote or, or talk about before I let you go here that maybe we may have missed? I think we covered a lot. Well, it's really been a pleasure to, to, uh, to, to speak with you today and I uh, appreciate everybody listening in. To, to round off, I just want to say that the, the purpose of, of why we exist is that we want to make it easy to be a mindful drinker, right? We believe everyone deserves a drink. It's inclusive, it's fun, it's good times, and, uh, and we, want to make, um, we want to make a difference. Uh, we don't put products out that's not needed. We don't believe the world needs any more products. It needs products that make a difference. So when we say people deserve a drink, it means that when you're taking a sip, you should be rewarded for taking a sip. Uh, and we want to blow people's minds. Um, and, uh, and anyone that, that tries, give us feedback. Let us know what you think. If you end up you know, uh, stumbling up, uh, upon a, an ish product, let us know because we can always be better. We can always improve our liquids and, 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 and create better and better experiences. And, and, and that's essentially in our DNA. So, so just want to end with that and, and, and you know, be very precise on why we exist. We, it's the purpose that we stand out for every day. That's what, that's what keeps us going is why we can attract top-notch people on our team that believe in that concept as well. And, and remember, mindful drinking is not about not drinking alcohol. It's just about moderating and, and hacking it and uh, and being able to do more and celebrating more. I love it. Love your solution, Morton. I think it's going to be very positive and, and beneficial to to society as well. You know, not most importantly to individuals. Health, alcohol, obviously, when taken out of hand and out of control can really add up over time and really be negative towards your health. We talked about how it impacts the 13 of the 17 UN uh, SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals. And so being able to kind of uh, work on those things and improve. And then, uh, of course, benefiting people's lives, providing more pr- productivity, making people feel better. I- I'd love to follow up with me on that stat about mm-hmm. how much time people spend hungover in America. I'd love to be <laughs> I'd love to hear that because uh, I'd be a little afraid, but I'd love to I'd love to hear it on that front as well. So I uh, love what you guys are doing. Really looking forward to it. I brought you guys up at a party I was at the uh, other day on a 30th birthday party. A couple of uh, women were there. They were pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I brought it up. I said, well, yeah, how would you feel about a non-alcoholic beverage? And they said, oh, we'd love it. It's just hard to find one that kind of tastes like alcohol. And I yeah. said, check out Ish. <laughs> there it there is. There we go. Well, so, love it. Yeah, brand ambassador. <laughs> no, but Morton. Thank you. Thank you so much again for, for coming on the show. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, take care. That is Morton Sorensen. He is the founder of Ish. They serve non-alcoholic cocktails, spirits, wines, everything of that nature to make you feel like you had the experience of drinking alcohol, but in a much more mindful way as well. You can go to the beach, take some of their cocktail cans that you would, would work just like a, a Truly or anything of that nature, except non-alcoholic. And then again, the really great ways to mix it on that front. You can make a margarita and maybe you want to use the non-alcoholic tequila and then you can put a little bit of a liqueur in there as well on that front make it less alcoholic lots of great ways that you can utilize this as well so definitely go give them or definitely go check them out on their website and on social media and if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast i would really appreciate if you dropped a review below hit the subscribe button to follow for more interesting uh solutions and things of that nature as well that are helping to improve society on that front and then of course check out the newsletter as well for more information on ish and all the other great founders and startups. So on that note, I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their week and I look forward to talking to you in the next episode. 
Thanks for listening to the Talking Solutions podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode and check out all of our guests on our website at cheshtech.com. That's C-H-E-S-H-T-E-C-H.com to learn more as we continue our mission of supporting impact-driven founders. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Talking Solutions Podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Talking Solutions. If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate a review and a recommendation to a friend as we focus on highlighting these great founders and individuals providing solutions to societal problems and bringing optimism into the world.